Welcome to the Wheel of Sport, brought to you by Melbourne's Turnstile Network. This is the podcast of the greatest sports stories ever told. My name's Ian McNally, and with me is Matt Lavery. Hello there, Ian. Hi, Matt. How, how are you? Very well. I'm, uh, as always, very excited to spin this rickety old wheel that we've got. Very excited. We've dragged it into the studio once again. It's got tape all over it, but, uh, you know, it's still functional. It keeps going. Oh, warhorse. It is. So let's give it a spin. We've had some interesting topics over the last few episodes, so I'm really interested to see where it's going to land, and this episode is going to be Rule Breaker. Rule Breaker. Okay. All right, I'll take this one, Ian. Yeah, you're going to have this? Uh, Yes, I will. Look, it's a bit of a... You tell me. I'm not sure whether or not the rules are fully broken, so I hope the wheel's going to forgive me. Are you talking more of a... A rule bender. Probably a rule bender, it I think. It doesn't sound right, does it? Rule no. bender. That's not a category on the wheel. <laughs> no, no, so. no, so are we saying that this is going to be close to rule breaking? Maybe? Well, it's a bit of both. Uh, there's, there's a couple of stories here and some of it is definitely rules being broken. Some of the time it's, it's rules being bent. Um, but yeah, it's, it's regardless an incredible story. I want to take you back to 1994. Uh, January 27th for the qualifiers of the Shell Caribbean Cup. Now, this this sounds wrong already. Are we talking like seashells or is this Shell oil? Sponsored by Shell. Other oil brands are available. (laughs) This this Uh, isn't a famous event, is it? uh, No, but the match has a bit of notoriety. Um, So basically, it's as I say, it's the qualifiers to get to the Cup, uh, which are going to be hosted in Trinidad and Tobago. And... It comes to the match between Barbados and Granada. And Barbados go into the game needing to win by two goals. Anything less than a two-goal win, uh, a two-goal margin, sends them home and it sends Granada through to the next round. Uh, Well, sorry, through to the tournament in Trinidad and Tobago. So um, they're in a group with Puerto Rico. It's a a group of three. Um, But all you really need to know is Barbados need to win by two goals. Two-goal margin sends them to Trinidad and Tobago. And Any other result puts Grenada through. Okay? Simple as so that. So even if they win, like, 10-8? 10-8. That's fine. Send them through. Two-goal margin. 18-4. They go through, yeah. Two I'm not going to go through all the last <laughs> need, I really want... scores are available. I, <laughs> 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 it's actually, like, I wanted to go through every possibility, like watching the fuel gauge when yeah. you're at the petrol station, <laughs> watching the numbers go... That's trying to get it exactly on (laughs) the dollar, sir. Two goals or more, and they go through. Um, And would you believe Barbados uh, are playing against Grenada, and they go 2-0 up. And due to their lead, they're heading through to the tournament. Um, So they obviously want to start protecting their lead. They've, They've done what they have to do. There's not long left in the game, so they start to defend, and they start to see less of the ball and see out the win. So far, so normal, right? This is where some things uh, start to happen. In this tournament, they decided, the, uh, the administrators, that there would be no draws at all. And every game where there was a draw at the end of 90 minutes, the end of regulation time, you'd have 30 minutes of extra time and then penalties to decide the winner. So no draws, okay? They also decided 
to have golden goal. Now, you may remember golden goal from, from the 90s, whereby you would have a goal scored during that 30 minutes meant the game would end there and then rather than play. It was up to 30 minutes of extra time, but stop as soon as a goal scored. Yeah. Yeah, you've heard of that? Yeah. What you might not have heard of is in this tournament, they decided a goal scored in, or a golden goal scored in the, in the extra time would count as two goals. Ah, oh, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> now, there, I can't find any explanation why they felt that extra time wasn't exciting enough, golden goal wasn't exciting enough, but golden goals times two <laughs> was about right. So, so golden goal. So, so, so it's still the game is still over. No, no, no. The game. Well, sorry, well, the game. One, one, once you once you score in extra time, the game is still over. But you just get you the get the aggregate. Yeah, you get two goals on your aggregate in the in the league. So there's no draws. Anyway, so as I said, <laughs> you, just, you just need to know that detail because, as I say, Barbados are winning two 0 There's seven minutes to go, and Grenada score. Now, that gives Barbados seven minutes to regain their two goal lead. So for the next seven minutes, Barbados are, are not going to the tournament unless they can get a third goal to go 3-1 up and restore their two-goal margin. But, but wait a minute. Did they? Because suddenly, with three minutes left to play, Barbados stop attacking the Grenada goal and start dribbling it back and passing it back towards their own goal. The Barbados defender Terry Seeley and the goalkeeper Horace Stout they have a little bit of a pass, a bit of an exchange. And then uh, Terry Seeley whacks it into his own net and scores an intentional own goal, which equalises the score at two all. So why is he on this? Well, because two all forces extra time and they've got 30 minutes to score that golden goal worth two. She counts for two. R- rather than... And then they automatically win by a margin of two. And they go through to Trinidad and Tobago. Um so rather than like, rather than limp trying out. to do it, well, they've got three minutes. They think mathematically here, you know, probability we're more likely to score in thirty minutes than in three. So we'll score an own goal. Wow, three that minutes is so good. Now it's great. <laughs> now the Granada's no fools though. They realise what's happened because they're going to go out. Aren't well, they? no, two all would really? still send them through, but there's no draws, so it sends them into extra time, which they don't want. So Granada think, we can't have extra time. We'd rather lose by one goal or win by one goal and end this game by one goal because it sends us to Trinidad and Tobago. So what you have is a situation where it's 2-2. There's three minutes left on the clock and Granada want to score in either goal. (laughs) (laughs) So they'll happily lose the game 3-2 and progress because they've only lost by a one-goal margin. Similarly, uh, Barbados can't score a goal, nor can they concede a goal, or they're going out. So you've got Barbados defending both goals, <laughs> and Granada <laughs> attacking both. How did the tactics look for that? Oh, it's How just the formation? absolutely crazy. Yeah, as, it, as if the job as a coach isn't stressful enough. In my head, though, th- this seems so easy. To score an own goal, doesn't it? Like, So what happens? Well, as I say, there's three minutes to go. 
Barbados do an incredible job of defending both ends. <laughs> and, uh, and it's full time. 2-2 two, two after 90 minutes, which means they're going to golden goal. Yeah, the Barbados prevented them from scoring. Uh, the game restarts. Uh, extra time begins. Barbados were rewarded for their uh, creativity. Uh, and they got their magic double goal, courtesy of Thorne, who scored it after four minutes uh, of the extra time, sending them straight through uh, and, and obviously sending Granada out. So Barbados qualified for Trinidad and Tobago. What's great about this is on the, on the scoreboard, it says Barbados for Grenada 2 after extra time. And yet there's only three scorers. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great example of like you know sitting down working something out and thinking how can we make this more exciting without taking into account human behavior (laughs) and the idea that they're defending both it sounds like they've got a really bad food poisoning you've got to defend both ends (laughs) you've got to look after both ends well it makes me think of some sort of crazy version of the kind of football you'd play in the playground growing up at school. Do you know what I mean? There's always, there's always sort of a, a play on the rules to, to make it fair between, I don't know, the different year groups or the multiple balls on the pitch or, or whatever. It's all so chaotic. Yeah, it's always fun to kind of just... I Because for the large part, football, soccer ball, it can be quite boring. I understand why so many people have, like, the the American Soccer League has always been an experimental ground for new rules like they tried a season with uh, with no offsides mm. but that just resulted in like George Best standing in the penalty box talking to the opposition goalkeeper for the whole game <laughs> because there was no offside just really? goal hanging yeah. about that yeah they, they also had the scenario in the MLS where they couldn't draw because they thought oh, you know the, the paying public can't tolerate the possibility of a draw and it lacks excitement. So instead of settling the game on a penalty shootout, after 90 minutes, they went straight to this strange type of shootout where you started 30 yards out and you had 10 seconds to run towards the goal with the goalkeeper. And it's one of the strangest things to watch. And it's amazing how uh, favorable it was to the goalkeeper, this scenario Mm. and how terrified the striker look because they didn't just have to have one kick. They had to have like a dribble and then a kind of a shimmy. A shimmy and then a kick. And it was really quite, quite tricky. So clearly there's like the authorities are tinkering with the game. But would you make any changes to like the the format to make it a bit more exciting? No, look, I think, I think these kind of ideas are always creeping in but there's nothing wrong with it as it is come on where's your dreams (laughs) no i'm a big fan of football but you you don't think look like you mentioned dropping an extra ball in like the multi multi yeah yeah so like extra time they kick off they have the the one standard ball and then there's there's another ball hovering in a big tube on above suspended above the the field (laughs) I mean, it would make and then they for have crazy a big, watching. Yeah, and they have a big countdown time. And when, so the crowd at 10, 9, 8, and then another ball drops in. Well, my, my dad's idea was they have loads of balls on the pitch, like snooker balls, all worth different scores. Oh, that's brilliant. So do you go for the black, which is worth 8, or do you try and score 7 
eight reds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what do you do with all these? To me, it's fine as is. Stop tinkering. What about, what about if you have if you extend that out and have balls of different sizes? So like you drop a tennis ball in there. That's worth a, a fair few points. Oh, yeah, okay. But then you, like, go up all the way up the to Space ball. Hopper. Oh, spa- yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> what, you're saying it's harder to score with a, well, with a golf ball? And- yeah, I don't know. It's probably easier in some respects. Harder with a Space Hopper. Yeah, maybe. Because it's surely easier to see and, and so, block. Something to look into anyway. See, look at the excitement. The other idea I had was, uh, which I think could work an absolute treat. I know we've digressed here, but it is Rule Breaker. So it's Rule Breaker. We should have a category now called Rule Maker. <laughs> <laughs> that could be a whole spin-off podcast. Yeah. Themselves. So my idea was to actually have, uh, when extra time kicks off, then after two minutes you have to take, each team has to take one player off. And they continue to take players off every two minutes until they're down to seven, which is the legal amount of players you can have on the field. And then... You start putting players back on, but you can do it in a different order. So if you're taking your striker off first, you can put him back on first, or you can save him. Or if you put a quick player on or a, or a defender. So it's a real dilemma to who you're going to have on tactically. Mm. Do you take your def- striking players off, hoping that you know the score will be still in balance, and then you put all your quick players back on in quick succession? Or do you you know keep your defenders off? Or what, what do you do? But am I such Brilliant. a Grinch? Is, is extra time not good as is? It's tense. It's exciting. There's, uh, there's enough jeopardy in the fact that, you know, you're heading towards penalties. And do you stick or twist? I don't think you need to add but, drama. But the extra time is so many times a washout because everyone's risk averse. Yes. They're just trying not to lose and then don't try to win. And you're trying to create a scenario where, you, where you, that goes out the window. I. I think you're not necessarily a Grinch. I think you're a man who doesn't enjoy a, a fight outside of a pub. <laughs> it's like the seven on seven is two men who've drank too much trying to work this. <laughs> work trying to work this. it out. It's just a mess. And that's there, therein lies the entertainment. You should get a job working for the Shell Caribbean Cup, mate. They, <laughs> they'd love you over there. Look, if there's any oil money out there, and look, I'm open to Shell sponsoring this podcast, <laughs> we'll even change it to the Wheel of Shell. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so this game ends up... Do we know what happened to Barbados? Did it even matter? Yeah, so Barbados, they made the tournament. I mean, it didn't didn't serve them that well they finished third in their group um behind trinidad and tobago and, and guadalupe did um, they keep the rules for the rest of the no because no they got rid of that they, they did they just crazy. get rid of it straight away uh, i think as soon as qualifications were over yeah and they they didn't bring it through to the proper tournament um but i mean what a fickle bunch <laughs> stick with come on you made the rule but the granada <laughs> manager like they they felt cheated you know, they they probably hadn't, whilst they would have known about the rules, they probably weren't thinking Barbados are going to turn around and start sticking it in their own net. I suppose, you know, you said at the start about it being whether it's a rule bender. Yeah. I, I actually think this is a rule break. Well, because... put it this way, there was no sanctions. FIFA, yeah. FIFA or whoever the, the governing body was sanctioned neither team and uh, they felt it was... It was fair because they were doing what was best for them. But it's a gentleman's game. Yeah, you should be trying to score yeah. in regulation time. Yeah. That's your, that's well, your job. They, they did. <laughs> Just well, yeah, the wrong end. Yeah, or the <laughs> so, right end. So, so I think they've kind of broken, they've broken a moral code, haven't they? Well, 
James Clarkson, the Grenadian, Grenadian manager, he said, I feel cheated. The person who came up with these rules must be a candidate for the madhouse. And I like that. <laughs> That's how I feel. I agree with Clarkson on this. <laughs> I, I, I'm not sure if he listens to this podcast. He, uh, he'll think we'll very highly him. of me either. <laughs> um, but look, that's not the only example of, of an own goal being deliberately scored. The other uh, infamous example also from the 90s uh, was the Tiger Cup game uh, between Thailand and Indonesia. In this one, both teams were already guaranteed a place in the semi-finals. So it's a dead rubber. Yeah, but whoever won the game would face Vietnam and the loser would face Singapore. And Vietnam were were hot favourites for this tournament and Singapore were seen as the whipping boys. It was a miracle they were even in the semi-finals in the first place. So Vietnam are the team to avoid. Singapore were the team to, to face. Uh, and it's Thailand versus Indonesia to sort of work it work it out. But neither team wants to win because neither team wants to face Vietnam. The other thing is, if you won, you'd have to move your training base um, from Ho Chi Minh all the way to Hanoi, which is pretty far. Um, and it, it's just a, a hassle nobody, neither team really wanted. Um, so it's probably a game you'd want to lose. So it starts off, uh, it's nil-nil. Uh, at half time, and it's it's pretty diabolical. Uh, neither team are trying to score, um, but then in the second half, basically the teams pretty much stop trying to score and, and also stop trying to defend, and it ends up two all. But there's still this sort of masquerade of a game of football happening where, I mean, the shots are just hilarious. You know, like they're sort of passing it to the goalkeeper, and he's whoop <laughs> jumping out the way. <laughs> You're thinking, is <clears throat> is this competitive? It it feels a bit farcical. Um, but despite the awful quality, they're still moving forward. And you could say, look, neither team probably is trying to win, but it's not blatant that they're trying to, to throw the match either. That is, <laughs> that is until injury time. So it's two all at the end of the 90 minutes. It goes into injury time. And the ball ends up with an Indonesian player called Effendi, and he gets it back towards his own goal. And there's two Thai players trying to stop him, but he still manages to score an own goal. So once again, <laughs> once again, the Thais are defending the Indonesian goal uh, and the Indonesians are attacking it. And Effendi gets a goal that meant the Indonesians won. So Thailand go to face Vietnam and they get hammered 3-0. On the other side, though, and this was the sort of real surprise, uh, Indonesia got the loss they were looking for, faced Singapore on the easy side of the draw, didn't have to relocate, but they got beat by Singapore 2-1. So both teams sort of went out. Uh, so maybe a bit of karma, karma there. But it, it wasn't the end of it. In this case, FIFA sort of took a dim view of proceedings and felt that the teams had violated the spirit of the game. And so both teams were faced $40,000. And Effendi, he was banned from domestic football for a year and international football for life. So he got a lifetime ban uh, from representing his country for... For that one incident. For scoring that deliberate own goal, yeah. Um, But I mean, it was a bit of a scandal sort of down in Southeast Asia. I mean, the Thai deputy prime minister was was quoted as saying, we are Thais, we should play as hard as we can. 
in this game, both teams wanted to be the loser. The uh, manager of the Thai uh, Football Association ended up uh, resigning over it. I mean, pretty embarrassing. Uh, but at the same time, it, it's quite funny, isn't it? You can, <laughs> you can see why it's it's attractive to think, oh, we don't want to face the the tournament favourites in the semi-finals, so we're going to deliberately. Yeah, it's a weird one because it kind of makes the fundamental rule, it makes a mockery of the fundamental rules because the fundamental format of a competition should always favour competition. Mm. And here it's clearly failed because you've ended up with a dead rubber and there is no reward for winning. And in fact, there's a reward for losing. Now that's a failure of the format, not the individual teams. And the individual teams, despite should be playing in the spirit of the game i've always always trying to look after their own interests as well so i've got a bit of sympathy yeah with with them because it's kind of the system i mean as you say the the teams are always going to look out in their interests um in 1982 is a famous game uh, known as the anschluss game uh or the disgrace of gijon Uh, it was west germany versus austria uh hence the, the the name there um and basically algeria had played the previous day and was sitting just ahead of west germany in the group so west germany and austria for the final game if if austria had won or drawn west germany would have been out west germany needed to win to advance so they sort of agreed in advance that west germany would win 1-0 and because the results were sort of known that was all that was needed. Um, the Austrians were happy to rest their players, protect them from injury, avoid sort of any strenuous exercise. So it was gain for Austria and a gain for West Germany, who got a, a bye to the next round, basically, in a, in a mockery of a match, a 1-0. So the FIFA sort of cottoned on to that. And um, now all final group matches are played at the same time to avoid that since 1982. But as you say, the bit of sympathy with the teams because they're just trying to do what's best for them but uh, yeah i remember that um that game the anschluss game watching the footage uh, obviously i wasn't alive to watch it but i remember watching the footage back and the kind of sense of confusion with the officials mm. <laughs> because it they're playing at such a pedestrian level like they're not even pretending yeah it's like it's so lackadaisical like they're not even playing. You, know, you say, "Oh, they're playing like they were in the park." It's not even that. <laughs> no, they're just sort of standing around. Yeah, just um, like really embarrassingly, and none of the players want the ball near them because they know that they're uh, tarnished by this terrible like yeah. way they're playing. And what a way for spectators as well! What a waste of admission and everything else that comes with it. Yeah, of course. But and, but then also, you know, it's not. It's if the result's predetermined, it's not sport. And and that's where you sort of get into all issues with gambling and match fixing and, and all of that. Uh, as you say, the spectators, it's a disrespect to them. Um, yeah, it's hugely problematic. Um, I mean, I couldn't do this podcast without mentioning Sunderland being relegated in 1977. This uh, is your team, Matt. This is my team, uh, the team I, I support in England, uh, very familiar with being relegated, Sunderland, uh, not... not, not <laughs> Probably not the most successful side. Um, but they were relegated, people say, by Coventry. It's it's not true. They weren't playing Coventry. But Coventry 
delayed their kickoff by 15 minutes, 10 or 15 minutes. And they, so they could, they knew in advance what the Sunderland result was. So that before the end of their game, so so when you say they delayed it by fifteen minutes, so did they, they write to the FA and apply and say, no, Can they we have fifteen. No, minutes they just they delayed just it. Said, they, "Oh, it's crowd, crowd, crowds aren't in, crowds aren't in, or yeah, yeah, um, wow, and uh, smart." <laughs> so with fifteen minutes to go in that match, they knew Sunderland had uh, not had a favourable result, which meant that so long as they got the draw, they ended up drawing two two. Sunderland, uh, I think, lost. Which meant, yeah, that basically a draw was enough for Coventry. So the chairman, Jimmy Hill, sorry, the managing director, Jimmy Hill, he went and got it up on the tannoy. So all of the players on both teams knew that if the score stayed the same, 2-2, then uh, Coventry would survive. So uh, that's what happened. They just stopped playing. And for the last 15, I think the last 10 minutes, there was no challenges put in as the Coventry, two defenders and goalkeeper just passed it between the three of them and everybody just stood and watched. Uh, Jimmy Hill was was charged for that um, and found guilty, but it, just a reprimand. Sunderland still got relegated, like so. It's what I don't understand. It's pretty bitter. Is, like, yeah, it was why do not why is there not point deductions? Like, because nothing else matters, does yeah. it? Uh, if if you get fined, well, it's worth it. If you get reprimanded, it's worth it. Yeah, exactly. The only thing it's not worth is getting points taken yeah, off you. You have to have so. points taken off you. And in that case, where it's on a knife edge, you can ah. take three points away and Coventry go down. And Yeah, it's st- there's still a lot of bitterness uh, in the northeast <laughs> towards Jimmy Hill. <laughs> well, particularly in Sunderland, probably not with Newcastle. But Yeah. Anyway. Jimmy Hill. Uh, if uh, any listeners do not know what Jimmy Hill looks like, Google it straight away. Stop listening to this <laughs> podcast. Get on Google and look up Jimmy Hill's amazing face. His chin. Um, so yeah, so I don't know, some rule benders there. It's difficult to say any of them really broke the rules. Um, just use them to their advantage, I guess. I don't know. I think they broke them. I think there's a moral code there. You know, you've got a responsibility okay. to the spectators, to the uh-huh. sport, to yourself. The administrators just should stop messing with it then. <laughs> yeah. Keep it simple. Yeah, and, and I suppose like sometimes there are rule changes which... I've worked out well, like that example you give of Coventry City playing a ball around the back. That was in the days where the goalkeeper could just pick, just it, pick up. it up. Yeah, exactly. And that really kills or killed games mm. be, and took the sting out of things. Now that you can't do that, that's been a really good change for yeah, the better. Yeah, the back pass rule was yeah. definitely, fun, like, definitely probably the best thing that happened to, to yeah. football. Yeah. So exciting. Like yeah. in recent, in modern times, yeah. it's definitely uh, some, something to celebrate. So that is tinkering with the sport. But it's it's fun, isn't it? When it, I mean, as long as it doesn't affect you as well, yeah. it's like well, these world changes are fun. It's worth having a look at um, at these the goals, uh, particularly um, the Indonesian final goal, Effendi, because he's just just turns around and whacks it in his net, <laughs> and you see the two defenders looking disappointed, and then you realise. They're not actually defenders. He's the defender. <laughs> it's really weird. It's like you, your eyes keep getting tricked. You're like, sorry, who's shooting which direction? 
Oh, fun. Brilliant. Well, thanks so much, Matt. And uh, thanks for listening to The Wheel of Sport. Yeah, thanks, everyone. Join us next time. Follow us on Instagram or Twitter. Uh, get in touch at thewheelofsport at gmail.com, particularly if you want to correct us on any factual errors, yeah. of which there are none. And uh, re- review us on wherever you listen to the podcast, iTunes or whichever platform you listen. Obviously, give us five stars. And we will see you next time on The Wheel of Sport. Thanks ever so much. All the best.